0: You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. So I'm not going to lie, you guys are much rowdier than the 8.30 was this morning. So just FYI, give yourselves a big hand for that. Yeah. I am so happy to be here. I consider myself part of the City Church family. I've been hanging around these guys, stealing all their ideas for a long time now. I'm kidding. No, sort of kidding. But I'm so glad to be here. And if you're a guest today, man, thank you for being here as well. Come back and hear uh, the pastors here. Um, It's going to be phenomenal. We're in a series uh, called Man Cave, um, Being a Man Beyond Machismo. And what an incredible series this has been. This is a 42-day sort of campaign um for the ladies in the room to pray and to encourage the men in their life and uh, you've been challenged to do that all along the way. Last week Pastor Doug talked about uh empowering the ladies in our lives like that it's not it's not just an idea from from our thoughts and processes but it's the it's a biblical idea uh, like a spirit empowered kind of an idea. And so if you missed any of the the series along the way go and check it out on the podcast and and go online or whatever and and catch up on that. and I promise you, you're going to love it. Um, So I'm going to jump in and talk about the thing that Pastor Doug asked me to talk about today. Um, Last year, uh, around this time, um, like I absolutely crashed and burned. Uh I I got fried physically and really fried all the way down um, to my soul. And for months prior to this, Um, this kind of meltdown. I was in a chronic... Fog, Like I just couldn't think clearly. And I was kind of going through the motions, trying to lead our church into to the next phase. And I had lost creativity. And when you lose creativity, you tend to cheat processes. And when you cheat processes, you just start grabbing stuff that you didn't work on. And and, and and I don't know how it is in your world and what you do for a living, but I was just not kind of l- working the right ways and not not in a smart way. And my family... My family noticed this going down in my life, but I didn't realize how bad it was until while on a vacation with my kids, I have an 11-year-old and a 14-year-old daughter. My littlest daughter said to me, Daddy, why don't you ever smile anymore? And I don't ever see you laugh, Dad. Well, man, those of you who are dads, I think you could probably relate to that moment for me. It just crushed me um, that I had lost all of my joy and uh, I began to realize that, that nothing that was accomplished through what I do for a living through our church had, was giving me any joy. No, no numbers, no, no records that we were setting, not baptisms, which is like the great joy of my life normally, not salvations. I was, I was completely numb and I just didn't feel much of anything except numb. And our church at the time was literally crushing. I'm going to sit down because I'm kind of lazy, just FYI. Um, Our church was crushing all of our records. But man, I had lost all of my gratitude for the good that was going on in my life. All I could see were the negative things. And I couldn't sleep. And I began to have these flight or fight responses throughout the night. Um, And my heart was racing, so they ran a stress test on me. That was a couple of grand, just FYI. Um... And and they were like, man, I think at the end of the day, your heart's fine. I think this is anxiety. I think this is worry. I think this is stress. And it was, all of that was true, but it was about things that I had no control over, but I would just worry them over in my mind all night long. And then I got on a plane. I was flying back from an event in Alabama and I was in Houston and I got on a plane and they had messed up our flights. And so they put me all the way at the back of the plane And I just had this moment where I realized I I can't breathe, Um, and I couldn't. I felt like I couldn't get enough air, and so they they put me on the outside of the seat. But I just kept looking at how far away the the exit was of this plane, and man, it was like the wall started closing in on me, and I wanted to get off bad. And we'd already pushed away from the gate, and and they were doing ice packs on me, and I was like that guy. You ever see that guy on the plane? That was me. And um, man, and and so the doctor said, you know what, you had You, you had a panic attack, and I was like. What are you talking about, bro? I don't have panic attacks. Like that's for other people. Like I don't do that. He's like, that's what happened to you, my man. And so my doctors and and my overseers. I have three pastors who oversee me. Pastor Brent Satoff is one of those guys. Um, he was leading the charge, and they just shut me down. Um, I said you got to stop, man. You got to rest. You got to shut it down. My doctor said um, I have kidney disease, and my kidney doctor said, look, man, this can kill you. You're going to die if you don't shut it down. So they said, go away. Just go spend some time all alone and just rest and renew. And I went away um, to the mountains. A friend of mine had a cabin there. And I began to read the Bible in a different way. And I began to seek God in a different way. And I learned some really hard things about myself and some lessons, not only on, on that time away, but just over the last several months as I've tried to figure out how to live a different way. So some lessons I want to share with you this morning that have inspired everything I'm going to say today, all of this happened to me as it turned out, um, due to chronic stress and the resulting burnout, like my circuits were just fried. And, and in our culture as a man, you don't, we don't whine about stress. Like we glorify in it. Like I'm like, like people will go, Hey man, how's it going? You're like busy, busy. Like, 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 that's a way of how you're going. Like, instead of, Hey, I'm good, man. You know, Whoa! you're like busy. Like, and, and that's how we roll. It's like busy is cool. And, and so we don't, we don't, we don't whine about it. We just man up and we just plow through. And so some of us might think this morning, like who needs a message on stress, but let's talk about that. Um, being a man beyond machismo and we're going to take a stress test Towards the end of this time. You know, stress is a a big issue in our country. Time Magazine did a a feature. On it several years ago. It was a cover feature. They said that each year it costs billions of dollars to treat uh, the, the, the effects of stress in terms of, of counseling and medication and books and diets and hospital stays. Then they said it cost an additional like $40 billion in lost wages that we lose money because we can't go to work because we're overly stressed and it's created some sort of sickness, which we think is we're sick, but really we're sick because of this. Um, and, and it's a major contributor to heart attacks. It plays a big role in raising blood pressure for millions of Americans. It, it produces sleepless nights, causes problems in the home. It often co- contributes to divorce. Um, it leads to anxiety. It leads to depression and just a myriad of other physical responses that we have because of stress. And, and, and just a show of hands, just a moment of honesty here. How many of you would say that in your life, on a regular basis, stress is part of your life. It's part of your existence, okay? That's a lot of us. Now, this is a little bit, mo- a little bit more uh, moment of honesty here. How many of you would say that sometimes stress's ugly cousin, anxiety, comes around and, and visits you too? Okay, a lot of you, a lot of you. So, for, for most of us, stress comes from, like, normal things, right? Um, bills, uh, jobs, people, come on, people, right? They're the most stressful of all right? Life traffic. Anybody traffic with me on this? Um, I live on Calabor road outside of 1604 in the Alamo ranch area. It's devastating, man. Like I lose the Holy spirit every time I go (laughs) down the road. Like I I do bad things to people. And then I'm like, Hey, come to life point church, you know, Hey, (laughs) right hand of fellowship, you know, anyways. Um, uh, so like for me, when it's driving, I feel like it's a race always. Like it's a competition and like, I got to beat people and I get very stressed out. And, and my wife's like, why, why are you so stressed out? Like, why are you driving like this right now? Like, like, I got to beat that guy. Like beat him at what? Like, I'm like, I, I got to win. What are you going to win when it's all done? You know? And then if they cut me off in traffic, dear God, that makes me mad. Anybody besides me? Like my worst, I need recovery for that. Um, Cause then I got to catch up to him and be like the angry driver's ed teacher and teach him a lesson, you know? waving at him with one hand of love. And uh, I don't do that. Just kidding. They wave it at me, though. And God help you when you drop your kids off at school. And then that line and what goes on down there. And maybe you guys have a different deal Another area of stress is just relationships and family. A lot of us come from fractured family systems. You know, our, our parents are driving us nuts. Our, our brothers and sisters are driving us nuts. Uh, grandpa's gone now. We're not going to see him during the You know, the holidays really bring that out. And we've got to go to Uncle Johnny's house for, for, for Christmas Day. You know, he's going to wear a Santa suit. He's going to get drunk. He's going to lose his pants. There's all that that goes. A lot of stress in that deal. Anybody got that Uncle Johnny um, Right. Like some of you, you're like, man, I want to get married, and I'm not. I'm stressed out about that. Some of you, you're like, I'm, I'm, I got married. That created stress for me, right? I, I don't have a kid. I want to have a kid. We're stressed out. We got a kid. Holy cow! Now we're really stressed out. Like, why didn't I just stay single, man? It was so much soo- smoother, you know? You're freaking out about all of that, right? That's just how it is. And, and then, and then this 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 magazine, Time magazine, said that we work too much as a as a country. We're overworked. We work too many hours. We work too long of hours. That only Japan works more than we do, um, and, and so then even when you're succeeding in life, sometimes success brings about stress. Right? It's like when you're kind of not very doing very well. People massage your back and bring you muffins and coffee and feel bad for you. But when you succeed, they're like, hey, "He's a threat," and they start shooting you in the back. Come on, anybody know what I'm saying? People, right? Can't live with them. Can't shoot them or, or whatnot. So, so let's just define stress for a minute here, just, just for the purposes of this talk. Stress is the gap between the demands placed upon us and our ability to meet those demands. The gap, and, and you can interchange the words. Stress is the bills placed upon me and my ability to pay them, right? And there's a gap. Between how much I have to pay each month to live and how much I actually bring and there's a gap. And the gap creates stress and the stress gets heavy and the greater the gap, the greater the stress. And pretty much everybody I know has stress because of those gaps. But the question is, I'm gonna ask you a lot of questions, questions that I've been wrestling with for months now. Who put those demands on you? Was it people in your world? Was Was it God? Did God put all this stress on you? Or if you're like me, was it you who put a lot of that stress on you? By the way you think, by your own expectations about how things should go in life. You know, everybody's going to deal with some stress. The psalmist David said in Psalm 34, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord, what delivers him out of them all. That's the promise. The first part is this is reality, but here's the promise um, even righteous people have afflictions. And that word literally means the kind of a of pressure that squeezes the very life out of you to the, to the extent that some of you, if you were honest today, would say, man, if anybody puts one more thing on me, I don't think I can breathe anymore. It's gonna suffocate the life out of me. And I, Man, my heart goes out to you because I've been there recently where I'm like, I can't do one more thing. I can't have one more setback. So, so Jesus comes along and says to his followers in, in, in John 16, he says, listen, in this world, you will have trouble, right? That's the reality. But again, just like the, the Psalm But take heart, like, like be encouraged, be confident, um, be undaunted because he says, I have overcome the world. Like I have deprived the world of its power to harm you. Now this doesn't mean that he's created a, a stress-free life for us. It just means that he's going to help you have peace in the middle of the anxiousness, the stress of life. Now, I think of stress in two categories in my own life. There's the unavoidable kind, which we've already referenced, you know, life, bills, stress. Um, But then there's the avoidable kind that comes from bad habits, um, bad thinking, and wrong motives. And this was my story. And in the unavoidable categories, the stuff of life that we can't control, there's just really one thing that you can do about it, and that's margin right? You create, not margarine, right? Like, hey, I heard margarine was bad. The pastor said it was good. No, no. Margin. I'm a little ADD if you haven't picked that up right now, right? But margin is the extra space around the edge of a piece of paper, so you can ride a little further. You can scrabble in the no- scribble in the notes. It's the shoulder on the highway. So when you break down, you don't feel like you're going to get killed. You just pull over into the into the margin. It's a it's a it's an extra month's worth of income for the emergencies of life. It's it's leaving 15 minutes earlier to stuff, so I'm all, I'm not freaked out because of the traffic that pops up, right? It, it's 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 doing things on a little bit ahead of time, so I don't always feel stressed out about all the deadlines that are coming at me. So stress creates a gap that weighs heavy, margin creates space so that I can breathe easy. With me? Margin is the cushion between our current pace and our limits. There's gotta be a cushion, or we experience stress that that is actually avoidable. Margin will lower stress in almost all of the unavoidable circumstances of life. But I don't wanna talk about those because you can read a book, you can go get therapy, whatever. I wanna talk about the avoidable kind. That, that is generated by our thinking, by our expectations, by the things that in fact are self-inflicted often, and at least in my case. I want to spend the rest of our moments here talking about that. What do you do with your stress? Like some of you, you went to a doctor, they gave you some meds. Some of you, like I had this person tell me, you need, to, you need to have acupuncture, man. We do acupuncture, but the idea of me trying to put my leg behind my head while smelling lavendery things, you know, while they jab me with needles, stresses me out all the more. I'm like, near God, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like stabbing is bad and every other, co- like, how's that going to relax me? Sorry if you're an acupuncturist. I didn't do very good for your business, but it's, it's not so good. Like, like they, So even, even the solutions that they offer are like, you know, avoid, avoid stressful people. Like that's your whole job, right? Come on. Like that's all, everybody at work, you know. You know, stop drinking so much caffeine. Well, how am I gonna wake up in the morning, right? You know, like take vacations, have some fun in your life, sit in a hot tub, meditate. Like good stuff, good stuff. But oftentimes it's just putting a Band-Aid on a really bad problem. And I don't think it addresses the root cause for most of us. And that is simply the way we think. The motivations that we have in life, like what drives us, the reasons we do the things we do that are, that are, that are thinking about life and the motivations we have get all screwed up. So then stress is the fruit, but wrong thinking is the root. Does that make sense? And we get, we try to concentrate on addressing the fruit without dealing with the root And that's what I mean by self-inflicted. We actually choose things often that stress us out by our own expectations about how life should be going. So, So here's a key thought that God gave me, right? That stress in life often comes when I try to do more with my life, more in my life than what God has designed me to do or what God has intended me to do. That he's given me a race, a path, a, a, a goal, like a plan, and I'm like, nah, I'm gonna do a little bit more than that, or I'm gonna try to do a lot more than that. So let, let, let me give you some of the pushback that I gave myself when God dropped this on me. So, I, so one of you might you might say, well, it's my job. Like, what am I supposed to do? Quit? Maybe. Maybe that particular job's not worth your family, or your happiness, or your sanity or your personal well-being. Maybe there's a job that's less insane that would still provide, but maybe not at the level that you thought, man, this is the level I'm supposed to be at, but maybe the stress in your life is actually coming because we're trying to live above God's provision for our lives. Well, some of you would say, well, man, my kids, I mean, they have all these activities. I got to run them around. I get home from work, and it's just a run, run, run deal. We eat on the run. We got French fries that we found out of the seat. and just eat that tonight, you know, whatever. Like, what am I supposed to do? Have them quit all the stuff? Maybe, right? Like, is running our kids all over the place what's best for them or for us? Like, listen, be honest. They're terrible at soccer. Stop trying to make them awesome. Come on. Come on, dads, give me an amen on that. I can't watch my kids play that game one more time. Is it just me? My kids aren't here, so I can say yes to that, right? So, Some of you would say, I'm stressed out by all the stuff I have to do. But question, Do you you really have to do all that you have to do? do? Do you have to keep saying yes to everything everybody asks you to do? Can you just stop being a yes man for a minute and learn your best word ever might just be no? No, I can't do that. Is it really wisdom to keep climbing up the corporate ladder or the the ladder at your work where each new rung requires more from you, which then gives less to your family time, less to the things that actually fill you up in life, less to the things that God maybe has called and designed for you to do? Is that actually wise? And some of us go, well, man, that's the American way, man. Is it God's way or is that just machismo talking? Is it the best thing? Is it the wise thing? Is more always more? Or are the additions we keep adding to our lives, thinking they're going to improve the quality of life, actually subtracting from our lives and taking away from the quality of our lives? This is what I have wrestled with now. Do, do you know why I burned out for me, my story? Well, I ignored God's capacity for my life. I ignored what he's wired me up, gifted me, equipped me, and given me the, the the capacity to do. I ignored my assignment for my life. You know why? Because I was focused on God's assignment and capacity for that dude over there and how well he seemed to be doing that seemed to be so much better than what I was doing that it took away from me. You, you know, with the advent of social media, it's not an advent, it's been around for a while now, but you know what we see in life on social media? We see people's highlight reels, right? Except for those annoying people that tell you all the bad, dumb stuff they did today. Well, I went to the store. Big deal, man. I don't care if you went to the store, go to the store and just leave that out. You know, I'm stressed out a little bit right now, right? But mostly what we see is people's highlight reels in life the stuff that they bought, the amazing vacation they're on, the the perfect smiles of their kids. never mind that they just had to whack them around to get that smile. So I can take this picture. Dear God, let me get a good picture. 50 pictures to get that one. You know what I'm saying? But, but here's the thing. It's fun. Like to look at that highlight reel, but there's a hidden trap in it. I don't know if it is for women, but for men, for sure, because there's a constant scoreboard going off in my head. That guy got a new car. That guy got a new house. That guy's you know, whatever. And then there's this comparison trap lying in wait and we fall into it over and over again. I was comparing myself and my success to others who quite honestly, and it hurt me to say this, have a higher God given capacity to do what they do than I do. But I wasn't honest about that so that no matter how much was being accomplished or achieved in our realm, it was never good enough. I got no joy in it. Because I wasn't satisfied with what God's best was for me. I wondered what was God's best for that guy over there. And I would work so hard to force it to be so for me. And eventually, it broke me down. And as I wrestled with all of this, something about the idea that another guy, man, has, has a higher capacity than me rubbed me the wrong way, right? Right? As a man, machismo kicks in. And I don't want to admit that. Like, I'd rather make excuses for why they're doing, you know, so-called better. It, it's easier to take shots than to celebrate their wins. But, but the truth is that sometimes people are more gifted and have a bigger assignment than I do. And the accompanying God-given capacity and giftings to get it done. It's just a fact. This is why Paul writes in Romans chapter 12. He says, nobody should think more highly of themselves than they ought. But then he says this, he says, each of you should make an honest assessment about yourselves. And then he says this, according to the faith that has been distributed to you. And then verse six, he says, according to the gift or the giftings that have been given to you. Like you make an assessment, you think of yourself not more highly than you ought. You make an assessment based on what God's given you. Not what he's given her or him, but what God's given you. Right. And do you remember those of you who are Bible people, the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, where Jesus tells a story, says, man, this rich guy goes away, he leaves his, his servants in charge. He says, one guy gave five talents or five bags of gold. Another guy gave two bags of gold. Another one, he gave one bag. Each what? According to his what? Ability. Man, that means that all of us have different capacities and abilities and, and, and giftings. And that means some of us are going to be five and some of us are going to be twos and some of us are going to be ones. And man, that rubbed me wrong. Well, I I want to say that's not fair, right? But it was during that six weeks of being just shut down that I had to get honest about my capacity, that I was drawing from a bank account that was not my own. And I broke down Listen, I learned the hard way that you cannot overwork your mind, your emotions or your body and not eventually, it may take longer for some of you, but not eventually pay the price for that excess. Listen, that price can be anything from the burnout that I experienced to to relational failure, to moral failure, to physical illnesses that pop up in your life. But there's always a price. So if you're constantly stressed out in life, let me ask you a question that I had to ask myself. Whose race and at whose pace are you running? Can I say that again? Whose race and at whose pace are you running? A couple of years ago, I started cycling. You can tell that I'm not a good cycler just looking at me right now, right? <laughs> but I, I, got, I thought I was doing pretty good because I never rode with anybody else. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm fast, bro. I'm super fast. And <laughs> My brother, Mark Garcia is very, very fit. And I thought, dude, I can take him in this. Like he's fitter than me and everything else. the only thing I can beat him at is basketball just because I'm bigger than him. You know what I'm saying? Just kind of shove him out of the way and then put it in. But I was like, I can take this guy in a cycle. And so I said, let's go riding. He's like, all right. So we put on those horrific shorts. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Like you guys ever been driving down the road and see some terrible dude with those shorts on? That's me. You're like, put that away, man. Gosh. So we're riding and, and like literally two minutes into the ride, he's just a tiny speck ahead of me and I'm like what's happening right now I'm super fast you know like and I'm, I'm trying to catch up with him literally try so hard I hyperventilate and have to pull over on the side of the road and just breathe man like like with a with a paper sack or whatever you know and I drove home and I, like a little tear fell down my face you know so he's like he got back he's like dude what happened I was like oh bro you know like a tire situation I'm not sure what I'm sure what went down man I could have you know, I could have hung but the tire you know I wasn't as fast as him I couldn't run at his pace. I couldn't ride at his pace. I couldn't ride at his race. I tried to, and I failed. Listen to me. Are you, are you stressed out from trying to keep up with everybody else? Are, are you living under the stress of competition and comparison? Like you can't avoid some stuff, but you can avoid that because it's about your thoughts, right? What's driving your need to succeed no matter the cost? Are you trying to do more than God's wired you up to do? Be honest, man. Is it, is it machismo? Oh man, this is what dudes are supposed to do. Really? Are you sure about that? Because there's a price at the end of this road. 45 years old. I know I'm look, I'm look way younger than that, right? like twenties or whatever, you know, but there's a price to be paid. frankly, Some of us might be in trouble because there's a gap and that gap is ever widening. And and oftentimes that gap is simply the growing distance between the size or perceived success of your career or your accomplishments or your stuff. And that guy's over there. And it's robbing you of joy and peace and happiness that is yours, that you're accomplishing probably more than you ever thought you would, many of us. But it's not like that, guys. And it's stealing from us. And and what if, what if this, what if, what if your version of what a successful life is will take more than the capacity that God has given you and, 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 and the net result of you trying to force that to be so anyways is, is frustration and, and, and fatigue and, and anxiety and marital troubles and a loss of joy and a growing gap between you and your heavenly father. Is it worth that? Let's just be honest, not everybody can be a 10. That doesn't mean that you don't try your best and try to grow your capacity. This this is not an indictment against ambition or dreams. What what makes it worse is that often when people are running on empty, sometimes we give ourselves permission to do godless things, myself included. That many of the big mistakes that people make in their marriages and in their, their careers, life-altering decisions come at the end of a long bout of chronic stress i'd I'd like you to take stock of your life what what do i need to eliminate from my life what's not working for me what's creating stress in my life is it something that i can control is it is it self-inflicted i've got to make as paul says an honest assessment so and, and you, got, you got some notes when you walked out. Would you get those out real quick? Maybe the pencil that you walked in with or pen. We're gonna take a stress test real quick. I'm almost done. These are the indicators of the presence of destructive stress in your life. And if, you, if it's often true of you, I, w- I just want you to write an O next to it, the statement. If it's seldom true, I want you to write an S, but I want you to be honest about it. Here we go. Number one, I live in a chronic stress sense rather that there's never enough time. I don't have enough time. Like there's, no matter how fast I run, no matter how hard I try, I'm always behind. Is that often true or seldom true for you? Second one, an increased sense of irritability. just find myself getting angrier all the time for little to no reason. I can snap. I snap at my kids. I snap at my wife. I snap at my co-workers. Because impatient and and stressed out folks are are always angrier than regular folks. Look at any traffic jam and you'll see this. Is that often or seldom true? The third indicator of destructive stress is physical tension in my body and my muscles. Like if I find myself patting my hands or t- tapping my fingers or bouncing my knees or, or bouncing my toes or clenching my jaw. A lack of pieces in my body. Next indicator is just being preoccupied. like I'm never fully present in the moment. My kids are there. I'm there. I feel good about that, but the truth is I'm not really listening to them. I have to focus to even look at them while they're speaking to me because there's so many things that are going on in my brain. The, the next one, this is huge. The loss of a sense of deep gratitude and joy. Like instead of getting up in the morning and being grateful that you get another day, and you get to go do what you do, you just find yourself overwhelmed with all the stuff you do and you're just on autopilot throughout the day. No joy. A- another indication is just fatigue, that you're chronically tired. Last one, that feeling that even though you keep going faster, that you are somehow missing out on life even though you keep trying to run harder and run faster, something is slipping through your fingers and that something is is life. Time equals life. Listen, if any of this is true of you, you need to rethink how you think. Whose race are you running? And so now in light of all that, the the wisdom of life is the elimination of the non-essentials of life. That I go through my life, I take stock what am I doing? What am I doing with my time? What am I doing? Do I have to do all this stuff? And you start ruthlessly eliminating hurry from your life. So last year, during my time off, I had to rethink it all. And I decided I want to enjoy my life. I want to enjoy my family. I want to enjoy my wife. And I'm not going to kill my family, my wife, my children for what I do. I'm not going to do it. I'm gonna live in the awareness that God loves me and that he's for me. So now when I feel overwhelmed, I remind myself of the words of Jesus. Read this with me, Matthew 11. This is from the message. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. And I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me. Watch how I do it. And in this beautiful line, Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And here's my, here's my takeaway from this passage. If the burden that you're under feels too heavy to bear, I have come to understand that it's likely because it's probably not your burden to bear. If you're chronically tired and worn out and burned out, And it's not a medical issue that God didn't put this on you. Probably you did. So you can take it off and you can lay it at the feet of Jesus. Like don't carry it, lay it down and learn the unforced rhythms of grace that you you learn to do your best and give yourself a break with the rest. Come on somebody, that you learn to give yourself a break Stop beating yourself up and wearing yourself down because you're not running as fast as that guy. And he says, and you will find rest for your souls, meaning that you're gonna find rest at a soul level. Because some of you, the truth is, is you're tired all the time, but you're not tired because because of what you do you're tired at a soul level so that that even if you took a break and even if you took a a, a sabbatical or even if you you took an extra vacation it's not going to do what you need done because it's up here and I need rest at a soul level he says bring it to me and you will find rest at a soul level can I pray with you Lord Jesus I just come to you thank you for the word of the Lord thank you God for the truth of your word the stuff that we carry in our lives, most of it, or much of it rather, is we're not designed to carry it. We're not supposed to carry it. You didn't put it on us. Your burden, it's a burden, but it's, 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 it's easy, it's light. You won't put anything ill-fitting or heavy on us. May we take stock of our lives. May we recognize the difference between machismo and, and wisdom. May we increase in wisdom May we increasingly give ourselves a break. May we see you as you see us, beloved son in whom you are well pleased, beloved daughter in whom you are well pleased. May we give ourselves a break. May we learn to to walk at the pace and the race that you've set out for us. I pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.